0: welcome to the future is podcast where we explore the future of your life and business i'm your host joe tobis and today we're going to talk with our general counsel Ann madden so ann has been with honeywell for nearly two decades and oversees the global legal function she also oversees our mergers and acquisitions group, our health, safety, and environmental matters. And boy, I could, I could talk about much more than she oversees. And in fact, I could probably choose a number of topics to chat with Ann about today, but I'm going to uh, pick and choose a, a few that I think are, are most interesting, specifically around Honeywell's focus on sustainability and, and the environment. A little bit about her and, and even some of the areas that I think she is focused on as an officer of the company. So Anne, welcome.
1: Thank you, Joe. Great to be here.
0: So let's start with the basics. Tell me about your background because I find it so interesting as a, as a lawyer, obviously, and our general counsel. How did you get to where you are as the GC of the company?
1: Oh, well, thanks for that question. And it's not exactly been a straight line. I actually started my my professional career as a finance person doing public accounting. I got my uh, master's in accounting and my MBA in finance from NYU, and I was a practicing auditor. And I concluded at some point along the way that I wanted to go to law school. So I did that uh, and then went into private practice. And then for family reasons, decided that private practice was too grueling. And so I Landed up coming to Allied Signal, which is the predecessor company to Honeywell, in June of 1996. So this is actually my 25th year at the company, which I can't believe. But I had the great benefit of um, of beginning in our what is now our PMT business, Performance Materials and Technologies, in um, in ascending roles of responsibility um and um and love that it was wonderful to be a general counsel and all of that texture and and diversity of responsibility and then, in late two thousand um, in late two thousand and one uh Larry Bossidy came to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said well you 've done such a great job doing all these m and a transactions in PMT, you know, we want to tap you to come over to the business side and run M&A. And I sort of, you know, with great jaw dropping and panic was like, wow, you know, why me? Oh, my gosh. And this is going to derail my legal career.
0: Just for context for, for the listeners, Larry, uh, Larry Bossidy was the CEO of Allied Signal at the time.
1: And you know, looking back at the naivete of "Oh my God, I'm going to derail my legal career" makes me chuckle now. But uh, anyway, so I uh, I landed up running our M and A uh, function for over 15 years, largely under uh, Dave Cody, our former chairman's oversight, and really had so much fun with it. It was an incredible experience. We did over 100 acquisitions and about 80 divestitures during that time period and really transformed the portfolio largely into what it was when Darius Adamchek, our current CEO, took over. And so roll the clock forward, Darius in the fall of 2017 tapped me on the shoulder and said, huh, what do you think about, what do you think about being the general counsel? And I, I hadn't thought about being a lawyer for a very long time. So it took me by surprise. You know, I, I talked myself into throwing my hat in the ring. And, uh, you know, I knew a lot about our law department being, you know, client, internal client for many, many years of our law mm-hmm. department and had some views, I should say about what to do different, how to run mm-hmm. the law department as a business and so um yeah i'm I'm thrilled that I was courageous enough to to change my career trajectory and and no, I have not derailed my legal career because here I am back again in, the, in, you know, in a legal capacity and just an incredible position of ability to influence what we do at, a, at the company across so many diverse areas. And so I, I feel like I have one of the best jobs in the company. And of course, now I have M&A back too, which is, you know, always been a love of mine. So I'm a very happy camper.
0: That's interesting. And I've never heard a functional leader talk about running it like a business. Uh, Explain what you mean by that you're within your function, the legal function
1: yeah i mean when you think about the rigor that is our honeywell operating system and the rigor of our financial reporting Mm -hmm. um, and the rigor of our digitization strategies and our transformation strategies we do that really well in our businesses but there is absolutely zero reason that we can't replicate all of that in our functions and our integrated supply chain function, for instance, we do that incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And I want to resemble that. I want our function to have the same rigor and the same operating system and the same metrics and KPIs and scorecarding and accountability, driving productivity and efficiency in everything we do. There is absolutely zero reason why we can't get all our functions to operate that way. So that was my vision go- coming into the role. And we stood up some COEs to be able to deploy standard work where we can make that happen, digitize where we can make that happen, and free up, you know, big legal brains to be more strategic um, in, you know, where where that's going to serve the corporation and our internal customer and our external customer versus having everyone do a lot of manual where that's, you know, no longer our highest and best use.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so as I, I mentioned in our lead-in, I could go a number of different directions. And as you kind of uh, called out, your your expertise ranges, but I'm going to focus on one area that is, I think, near and dear to you, and that's the area of sustainability, and, and I think we have quite an impressive story to tell there. I'm not sure that story has been told widely. Maybe you can give us a little perspective on, on that story.
1: Yeah, thank you. I would love to. This is a topic that I love and feel very passionate about. We as a company have long focused on sustainability. So even though ESG is like the hot topic du jour mm-hmm. and all the rage in the investment community, we needed sustainable sustainable products and solutions for not only ourselves but our customers who needed them too to solve their problems. In, um, in 2004, we built a sustainability program on purpose directly into our core operating processes. So it's now the fabric, it's been the fabric of our Honeywell operating system. So just like anything else we do as a matter of our core operating system the way we run the company sustainability is a part of that so it's not just an add-on or an afterthought because it's cool in today's world it's been a central part of how we've done business Mm -hmm. for over 15 years Um, we have had an unwavering commitment to uh, sustainability for a long time um, under the theory that good business and economic growth and social responsibility and all those principles of what ESG represents um, all have to go hand in hand for us to be able to perform the way we want to. Um, so, um, you know, under the leadership of Evan Van Hook, our head of uh, health, safety, environmental, and sustainability we've um, we've accomplished a lot we've empowered ourselves to improve our greenhouse gas efficiency by more than 90% since 20, 2004 excuse me and to improve our energy efficiency by about 70% and so we've we do that in ways that we've innovated for ourselves but it's also important to know that those innovations are what we can offer to our customers who are facing similar challenges. Um, you know, an interesting known fact is uh, unknown fact for many is that over fifty percent of our new product introduction, R and d is focused on developing products that improve environmental and social outcomes for our customers. One great example of that is our solstice brand of low global warming refrigerants that um, save zillions of metric tons of CO2 in the a- atmosphere. So we feel really great about what we're doing as a company in terms of our product innovation.
0: Yeah. So I want to touch more on product innovation, Anne, in a second. But l- let me make sure I hit on the, uh, our own operations because I think it's very aligned to who we are as a company. Is it fair to say that we like to make sure that we act before we talk? It's almost like it took 15 years for us to feel comfortable enough that we know how to do this in a way that, that can, we can be effective for our customers. But when we look at the numbers, 90% improvement in greenhouse gas, I mean, that's, that's tremendous progress that's been made. Do you think that that's aligned to who we are as a company?
1: Yes, it always has been. I think the fact that we haven't thumped our chest doesn't mean we weren't entitled to tell our story for a long time. We've only recently just told our story and, you know, thanks Joe in large part to some of the help that you've given us, we've been able to pull together our ESG storybook and our incredible corporate citizen re- report which is now on our our website that talks about some of the things we've done for many, many years. I mean, honestly, when I think about what some of our peers do, which unfortunately is still, you know, um, keep remediation activities, for instance, in the courtroom and battling in the courtroom and, and, litigation instead of, you know, doing what's right by working with our communities and the environmental agencies Um, to do the needful, to remediate the properties and hand them back to our communities in a way that are productive and usable assets. We are really unique in terms of what we do, but we've done it for a long time and only recently have told our story, Um, but we have an incredible story to tell.
0: I know that there's been some um, uh, progressions in things like plastics and some of the clean fuels. Any areas that you think are are exciting in the not just in the year ahead, but in the four, five, six years ahead.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we uh so I'm gonna give you some examples, but very excitingly, we just stood up our sustainable technology solutions business, which is focused on um plastics recycling. And and honestly, without reservation, I can say that our technologies there could be world saving when you look at the problem of plastics recycling around the world and where it goes, our technologies take plastics of many types and reduce it to a, few, to a drop in fuel that's a usable uh, fuel, which is just, it's completely game-changing. And so I couldn't be more proud and more excited about some of the things that we're doing there. Um, other examples are Um, Our sustainable building initiatives, where we provide control systems for every type of building, and it balances energy and comfort and health and safety. Um, We're doing some exciting things in the electric power arena from a sustainability perspective, where our control systems and our software enable autonomous operations, reduce grid complexity, um, and, and again, energy conservation, um, we have areas um, like sustainable freight, where we're reducing the carbon footprint, helping our customers reduce the carbon footprint of road, rail, and shipping freight. And the list goes on and on into sustainable heating and cooking and um, just so many exciting ways where we can not only help ourselves be better stewards and, and do it for ourselves, but do it for our customers and do it for the world. So. Um, Again, very excited to, um, to be working for a company that's investing so much in this area.
0: Absolutely. So when we talk about ESG, obviously the environment, absolutely essential, but there's other aspects of it, right? There is governance and a focus on social aspects of it. I know one area within that realm that you're a big advocate for is inclusion and diversity and not just at the most senior level but throughout Honeywell. I'm I'm wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about your your thoughts on that and why it's important to you and where we are as a as a company.
1: Well, thanks and and it is an area I'm hugely passionate about not only because, you know, I spent my formative years as a professional largely being the only woman ever in a business meeting or ever in a negotiation or ever in any setting. And I spent a lot of my uh, growing up as a lawyer and as an M&A person in, in that environment and uh, learned how to navigate it. Um, but also, yeah, I have a child who identifies on the LGBTQ spectrum and I'm very proud of her. Um, but, you know, look, we all know about the science that supports inclusion and diversity, and how important it is as a business matter to be able to make better decision making. It is so critically important. It's not debatable anymore. That's just fact. And we open ourselves up to business risk when we don't embrace inclusion and diversity. It's a, absolutely a competitive advantage for Honeywell. And our people are our single most differentiating factor. So a healthy IND program, you know, makes us more sustainable. It furthers our long-term success. Um, you know, diversity for us starts at the top with our board of directors, who um, is incredibly diverse, um, and uh, and they take it. They own it. They take it on themselves to make sure that we as a company are promoting inclusion and diversity. Our senior leadership team is also more than 50% diverse. So it's, uh, it's here to stay. It's an, it's an important strategic focus for the company. Um, And we are dedicated to um, the diverse global uh, talent that we have. Um, We, um, we, we, have taken a personal interest at the leadership level. Darius Adonchik, our CEO himself, initiated the Women's Advancement Program in early 2019. I've been very proud to be co-sponsor of that program for the last two years. Yeah, we, tell, tell
0: us about a little yeah. bit about what that is. I, I think it's a fantastic program.
1: Oh, my gosh, I've been so excited to be part of that. It's just been so inspiring. It's a nominated program for women leaders at the, you know, mid-ish level of their career. Um, we started out with a cohort of 50 women in 2019 um, as our inaugural class. And it is a year-long curriculum with senior leadership um, coaching in certain areas around skill building, uh, presentation, networking. Um, and it, it's, um, it puts a big spotlight on these women and uh, gives them the opportunity not only to network with each other, but to network with the senior most leaders of the company and our board, frankly. Um, so that's just been a huge success. And, and I've loved every minute of being a part of that. We, um, we also recently kicked off the Diversity Career Advancement Program, which includes all minority groups with an emphasis on Black and Hispanic talent um, and works the same way. It's a nominated process, and we, we take a cohort through a year-long curriculum, um, you know, providing them you know, more support and more tools in their toolkit to be successful at Honeywell. So really, really awesome programs.
0: All right. So, Anne, when I do this podcast, I ask the same final three questions of all of my guests. Okay. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, hands down, a veterinarian. Really? I, I still want to be a veterinarian. i <laughs> a veterinarian.
0: Medicine is definitely the next, the next area for you.
1: Well, yeah, actually, my dirty little secret is undergrad, I was an English and American literature major with a minor in Shakespeare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Second question, Ann. What piece of technology that is not your phone could you not live without?
1: Oh, wow. I definitely think it would be my Sonos.
0: Oh, you big, it, it, all over the house?
1: Oh, yes. All right. We are huge music fans and there is never a moment other than when I'm being recorded on a podcast that I don't have music playing from.
0: And, and what's the, what's the go-to? Is it classic rock, pop, country?
1: I am a huge classic rock fan from Led Zeppelin to the stones to uh, the Grateful Dead to everything. But I also, I have very eclectic taste
0: Okay, last question, and this is very telling, I believe, on people's personality. How many unread emails are in your inbox right now?
1: 23.
0: Wow. Is that it? And so here's the other, the follow-up. Was it less than that when we started this this podcast?
1: (laughs) I didn't cheat on you, Joe. Okay. Promise you I didn't touch my emails. Thank you. I am I'm a bit OCD on my emails and, and responsiveness and it is so important to me as a as a person and as a leader to have that level of responsiveness. I think I owe it to the company and I owe it to my team to be that way. So I take it very, very seriously. And uh, yeah, so I am a cleanliness freak and therefore my inbox is quite clean.
0: All right. Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Thank you, Joe. Great to be with you.
0: Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Future Is. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review where you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to go behind the scenes of future technology.